What's up, guys? We have a special episode to uh, today. What's up, guys? So I, to introduce uh, some uh, my two guests here, I got Hoops Data and Yusuf. Hoops Data, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Uh, so my name's Salim, and uh, I have Hoops Data. I'm a big Thunder fan, and looking forward to the playoffs. And thanks for having. Me. Yeah, man, it's a pleasure. And uh, I'm Yusuf. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge Raptors fan. I'm also a Thunders fan too, but you know they're rebuilding, so, so to keep it to Raptors. Um, yeah, happy to be here. Nice, nice. So, just a just a breakdown of some of the more re- recent news here. Nick Nurse, big uh, or not Nick Nurse, uh, Frank Vogel, big news here. He's he was just fired at the end of the regular season for the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't know how I personally feel about it. Obviously, I think I know all, us three are big Russell Westbrook fans. Although the the fandom has decreased a little bit over the years, but yeah. I think mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Frank Vogel, Vogel. It's hard because some people are saying he's a scapegoat. Some people say he deserved to be fired. What do you guys think about this? Uh, I mean, Nick Nick Nurse was actually a candidate for the Lakers. I guess we can talk about that later. But yeah. uh, with Frank Vogel. I think he's not a scapegoat. I mean, I think the accountability is on the people managing the roster and making decisions on, like, how to play and use the roster. And Frank Vogel is one of those guys. But then also there's Rob and the whole management team. I think they're to be responsible for this disaster of a season. Because you have AD, you know, he couldn't stay healthy. And that's something the trainers have to And then with LeBron and Westbrook, they never found any synergy. And that's just something on the coaching and the management but yeah yeah um i kind of agree with uh hoops data um i mean look i don't think it's fair to say franco vogel's a, a scapegoat because he was a little responsible for the season but i also don't think it's fair to hold him entirely responsible because you know everything about this Lakers season was bad i'm talking the front office the roster you know the coaching everything was bad but Coaching, I definitely think he could have done a better job with the roster he had. Like DeAndre Jordan should have never gotten minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think no, that's totally. one thing. And um, you know, didn't really utilize anyone properly. I don't think. Like, you get Russ on your team, you gotta be like, okay, well, he's gonna have to have the ball during the non-LeBron minutes all the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, AD couldn't stay healthy, so can't really do much with him. But, like, Austin Reeves barely got minutes until later on in the season. Malik Monk, his minutes were all over the place, you know. Avery Bradley got more minutes than I think he deserved. You know what I'm saying? So, And then when we come to – when we look at the offensive sets, well, nothing was really there. No, no – you'd, you'd watch a Lakers game. It didn't look like there was really good play calling. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and um, most importantly, Frank Vogel has always been a defensive-minded coach. All the teams he's been on and won with are were all good defensively. Like, you know, the Pacers from before. And even the Lakers team in the bubble was an extremely good defensive team, right? Yeah. And you look at this roster, all with, like, older veterans. So maybe not the most athletic guys, but a lot of smart, defensive-minded guys. You know, Avery Bradley's known for his defense. Right. Uh What's it called? Dwight Howard, even in his old age, is still a solid rim protector. You know, LeBron James knows how to play defense. And, mm. like, their defense was bad. So, I don't know, man. Like, what do you – that's got to be – there's more than just Frank Vogel, but Frank Vogel's got to be held 
to some responsibility there. So I totally understand the firing. I don't think mm-hmm. you're going to get a much better coach in the offseason unless they surprise me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I'll, what I'll say to that is it's, it's odd because they go out and trade for a guy like Russell Westbrook, and he's, he's such a dynamic player where you have to include him in the offense. And I think what the Lakers had in mind was, okay, let's get a guy like Russell Westbrook, and he'll, he'll maybe take the ease off of LeBron and AD. But what they didn't realize was a big focal point of AD and LeBron's offense is the paint and driving and uh, interior uh, finishing and stuff like that. The lack of spacing was definitely a big issue because obviously um, I think LeBron and Russ like to move around a lot where Russ or LeBron likes to move around the whole half court a lot the most. And AD, he, I don't see him being that big of a spacer guy. Obviously he'll space a little bit if like LeBron's here because he's the only primary scorer outside of LeBron on that team before. So having Russ on that team, you're kind of forcing Russ to just be kind of just chilling out on the three-point line, looking, trying to look for looks. And then LeBron would try being the main playmaker on that team where they didn't really try u- utilizing Russ to his best efforts. Yes, yeah, I agree. Um, definitely, de- just just the terrible, like, what, what you had with that roster, you could have done better, right. even if it wasn't a great roster. Mm-hmm. And then uh, next, I'll just say, Luca. he... He came down with an injury here. I don't know what it was. It a. It's I a believe it's a calf, calf sprain. Yeah. Okay, so Luca came down with a calf sprain. Yeah, left strained left calf yesterday, and we don't know the severity. Although there are reports of him seen walking with a boot. So right now, if we're looking at it, cat uh, the Jazz have had a disappointing season. I don't think. They've definitely met what they were expected to do this season. I think the chemistry between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert has definitely regressed significantly. Aren't really working as well as we thought they would be. And having a guy like Mike Conley, you would think, okay, maybe he's going to be a big focal point of this offense, kind of like a playmaker, <laughs> and kind of improve or enhance whatever Donovan Mitchell's skills are. But I really don't see that team doing that well. And the thing is, what I'm really surprised about is. The Mavericks, they've kind of gotten a lot smaller. By trading Kristaps Porzingis, they no longer have a true big where Dwight Powell's their center slash power forward. Dorian Finney-Smith is a guy like that. So they're really all just – it's the Dallas uh, Luka Doncic pretty much. So yeah. that that playoff series is going to be interesting to watch. I think – okay, so if Luka Doncic, I think depending on this – if, if uh, I think severity one takes about a week to heal and then like – there's like three ranks. Severity two yeah. takes a couple weeks to heal. I think as long as it's not super severe, I think Luca's gonna try to play through injury in the playoffs because I feel like he's that type of guy to do anyways. So I think also having a guy like um, having a guy like Jason Kidd as your head coach, he should be pretty like he's not a guy that's like super cutthroat. Like no, you're not playing just because you have like this injury. I think Luca will definitely find a way to get on get back on that court pretty soon. I don't know. I think he's gonna miss the first one. Still going around it because when you got a sprain, it hurts a lot, and even when you recover, you're not like fully recovered. So, I think it's going to take him a while to actually get back in. But with all that being said, I think it's still going to be a really good series with Luca or without Luca because I think in that specific series, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie he can give you a lot of what Luca can give you in a game versus the Jazz. Because, like, 
what's the what's beating the Jazz going to be like? It's just attacking Rudy Gobert and hope and like trying to get the better of it. If you fail, the Jazz win, and if you if you're successful in beating Gobert, then you win the series. And I think skills skill set wise, Dinwiddie and Luca are going to attack the exact same way. They're going to try to attack him off the dribble. You know, if they get the better of him, they win. If they don't, they lose. I think another thing you mentioned about how the Mavericks are a little undersized. Yeah. Um. So are the Jazz when you think about it, because besides Rudy Gobert and Hassan Whiteside, they don't really have any big bodies down there. Like Royce O'Neal is like six five, I think. Yeah. Royce. Yeah. Yeah, and then you look all the. They don't really have like um Bogdanovich is is like tall, but he's not really heavy, you know. He, so he's not really going to be able to take advantage of anyone down low. So I think outside of Gobert, they're both pretty undersized teams, right? And I think with the Mavs, they're a little more used to playing undersized, you know, just because that's what they've been doing since trading Kristaps. And Spencer Dinwiddie has been going crazy since that trade. So with or without him, I actually think, depending on Luka's health, if, if Luka's fully healthy for this series, I'll give it to the Mavericks. If not, I'll give it to the Jazz. Plus, um, another thing with the size, <laughs> as we all know, Ego Bear isn't really getting a pass to that much, so he's not even gonna, um, right, exactly. <laughs> never gonna be able to take advantage of their uh, lesser size. And even if he could, he doesn't really have much of a post game, so it's just gonna be hopefully, guess, get him some lobs. Who knows if it works? Who knows if it doesn't? I don't know. The Jazz are just weird. Like, even if they beat the Mavericks, I just don't see like that's it. They, they beat the Mavericks. That's their season yeah. right there. Yeah, fully healthy Luka, though, I, I think the Mavericks got this. I think um, the Jazz have no one to defend Luka. And the moment they put someone on Luka, that's Spencer Dinwiddie's uh, – that's that's his game right there. You know yeah, what I mean? definitely. Mm-hmm. I definitely yeah. think it's – it could be interesting to see who who comes off the bench for Dallas. That will keep the momentum going when Luka sits down. Is that Spencer Dinwiddie for that team? Because I know to combat that the Jazz have Jordan Clarkson, who – Who's really streaky, but I think he, during the playoffs, he will show up, and I think he can definitely be an X factor for that team. I'm gonna like oh, yeah, just he... go. I'm gonna just go and like talk on behalf of the Jazz now. I think y'all are sleeping on Utah. There's like Utah has been covered a lot, like in negative press, uh-huh. but when it comes down to it, I think Utah is a solid team. They've always been a solid team. It's been James Harden keeping them out, and then. Just some bad luck versus the Nuggets, bad luck versus the Clippers. Yeah. I don't think they're as bad a team as people say they are. Because, like, their their strategy is really obvious. We will score more points than you. And they they pride themselves on the offense, and then they have Gobert just, like, keep stuff stable. And uh, so from their offensive – from, like, from an offensive point, I don't see how Dallas can really stop them. I think it's going to be a really close series because – I mean, Jordan Clarkson can drop 40 on any given night. Sure, he's not dropping a lot of 40s, but he, he's the guy who can do that. And then um, <clears throat> same thing with Donovan Mitchell, uh, Bogdanovich. Uh, they've got a lot of shooters. I mean, too bad the Ingles isn't there, even though he tore his ACL. But they've got a lot of shooters. Um, they, they, can, they will put points on the board, and if you struggle against them offensively, if you can't make those small little layups, you're in trouble. And I think that's where the danger lies and, and why the Jazz could maybe win. Definitely. Yeah, no, I understand that. Plus, you know, Donovan Mitchell is, like, historically a great playoff performer. When was the last time Donovan Mitchell had a bad playoffs? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, 
it, it, it'll be an interesting series. I think it'll be boring press-wise because nobody likes Utah, and for some reason the Mavericks don't get that much press. But I think it would be an interesting series. Although, like I said, fully healthy, I think I have the Mavericks. If not, then I have the Jazz. Well, okay. Mavs in how much if Luka's healthy? Ooh, either six or seven. It's, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a series that's going down to the wire. Yeah, I definitely think it's that's that's a series where I can definitely see people getting ejected. That's going to be a fun matchup. It could oh, yeah. be good, else. good. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's that's a series that results in some brawls. I mean, uh, what was it? Luca got suspended the last game of the season, right? Because of that sixteen technical. Mm-hmm. I think I think also you might see some flares between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Let's just say. Luca just drives past Rudy and like scores fourth quarter. I definitely think you'll see some players on TV. So, but yeah, but, yeah. hey, quick question just while we're yeah. on the Jazz. Uh, do you know how much uh, the Wolves got Beverly for? Um, I can look it up real quick. What, like what they traded him for, or yeah, like Beverly Wolves uh, Grizzlies trade. So. The Grizzlies traded Patrick Beverly to the Timberwolves for Jarrett Culver and Juancho Hernan Gomez. So, okay, um, young asset and Juancho. All right, I don't know what Juancho is. Okay, but you look at the Jazz. Juancho Hernan Gomez. Yeah, yeah I know. But like I'm like, he's not that guy. Like, yeah, no, he's. Yeah, I think he gets like some minutes as like a backup four for them, or he might be the starting four for the Timberwolves, but I'm not sure. Yeah, the only reason I'm because you look and if you look for one guy who can fix a lot of their problems, it's Beverly. But then, and you know, I think the Wolves got him at a really cheap price. I'm mm. surprised that like if the Jazz knew that he was out for that much and did not pursue him. Yeah, another think- guy I thought they were. Oh, sorry. Uh, but another guy I thought they were gonna go for was Jeremy Grant because he fixes a lot. And I know Jeremy Grant wants to wants to be a part of the offense, but I think because like to make it work, they probably have to trade like Bogdanovich or something. Jeremy Grant would still be a decently part of a decent part of the offense in Utah, and like what he would add defensively would have helped them so much. So I'm surprised they didn't go for Grant or like I yeah I think Grant was the uh, guy. I don't really oh or Marcus Morris or something like that. Honestly, I don't like Grant because with Grant he's. I don't, I don't want to say it that way, but I'm going to say it. He's a little delusional. Like, watching him back in the OKC when he would get the ball in the quarter, instead of shooting, he would try to dribble with, like, his one move, which is, like, an in and out between the legs, and then just chuck something up. Like, he always thought he can do more than what he did. And I think if you're trying to win a championship and you need a role player who will just stand in the quarter, shoot threes, and then switch on defense, Jeremy Grant's not is not going to do that for you. Especially after he went to the Pistons on that like insane stat padding run because he went to Detroit to do one thing, which is just stat pad. Mm-hmm. So I don't I think... kind of agree. Um yeah, he's he's a little delusional. I don't think he's a number one option on a contender like he says he is. He's a number one he's barely the number one option on the Pistons, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I agree in that sense. But I think overall, like take the positives I... with the negatives with Grant. But when you're building a team, I don't think he's the guy you want in the locker room. He's not a he's not a person you want on a team that wants to win a championship because he's all about himself. Yeah. Or at least that's that's the vibe I get. And if you're Utah, you don't want anyone in that locker room all about himself. 
I understand. I understand that. Okay, so if we're let's break down the play-in tournament now. So for our listeners that are just getting started into basketball here, the play-in tournament has just recently been introduced. I think last year, I think last year was the first year the NBA play-in tournament was implemented. And so what it is is the seventh and eighth seed isn't guaranteed anymore. So and it also helps for teams that barely make it because of their first half of the regular season. And they might have player. Their might their star player might have been out for the rest of the season, but because of how great they did in the first half of the season, they're played pretty much in. So I think the plan tournament, in my opinion, has been a great, great implementation. So if we're if we're looking at the plan tournament right now, the first games that are going to be played are the the Cavs Nets and the Clippers Timberwolves tomorrow. So. Mm-hmm. If let's break down the Cavs Nets game. So I, they just played recently as well, and I think I think it, it could go either way. I, I think Nets Nets are definitely the clear favorite here with Kevin Durant and Kyrie. Their chemistry has kind of been going with throughout the whole uh, team. I think Drummond has been a great piece for them. Seth Curry as well. But the Cavs are getting Mobley back, and I don't know. It's that that team has a lot of heart. You know, Darius Garland. I, I want to see what uh, Okoro does. Kevin Love, they have some great veteran, le- veteran leadership on that team. What do you guys think? Who, who's your favorite to make it out of that game? Uh, okay, under – I don't know. I'm feeling like a menace, so I'm, I'm taking the Cavs. <laughs> I want to take the Cavs too. I do too, but, I mean, if Jared Allen's injured, I, I got to go though. What's it called? I got to go with the Nets. Like, as good as Mobley is, you know – he, he is just a rookie after all. And right. even with him in the lineup and Allen out, we've seen how bad their defense is, like, you know, compared to when Allen is in. And, I, and, you know, like, you're guaranteed to score, but the thing is the Cavs aren't a great offensive team. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and you're guaranteed to score against the Nets, is what I was trying to say. But, like, you only have really have one guy in um, Darius Garland who can true – or, like, I guess two guys in Darius and Karis LeVert – we can truly yeah. take advantage of the Nets' bad defense. And so Gosh. I'm thinking in my head, right? Yeah. Like, am I betting on Garland and Levert or Kyrie and, and Durant? You know what I mean? Oh. Okay, but here's the thing. I am betting on Kevin Love. I have been failing. Like, I have been betting on Kevin Love being a really good player for the past five years. And, like, I've lost. But this is the year. I promise you. Love, Kevin Love is going to feast on the on the Nets. He's going to watch him average 25 because the thing with Kevin Love is that he's a really good shooter and he's got a decent So if if the Nets mess up their rotations, which um, I'm not definitely going to put it behind them, Kevin Love is the type to make them pay, like make them pay a really severe price. Him and Larry Markinen. Bro, I'm just thinking about it. I cannot believe we're really going to get like a 38-year-old um, LaMarcus Aldridge, 37-year-old <laughs> Kevin Love, and like a 34-year-old Blake Griffin yeah. as our power forwards for a playing game. <laughs> that would be the oldest group of fours yeah. in the entire league. <laughs> just thinking about it. Oh, I don't think Blake Griffin plays. They, they put, The Cavs and Nets play. I'm looking at uh, the pass game, but they, they played on April 8th. And it doesn't doesn't look like that he was part of the lineup at all. Oh, guess what? In that game, Kevin Love became the first ever player 
to get 30 and 10 in less than 15 minutes. Yeah, he had like what, 32 and like 15 minutes or something? Yeah. Kevin Love? Yeah. He scored 10 points and 9 rebounds. Okay, then different game. My bad. No, you're good. I think it was like uh, April 8th ish. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough because like once Mobley comes in, does JB Bickerstaff trust? Uh, Mobley enough to guard Kevin Durant because I think Kevin Durant's going to be playing power forward, right? Yeah, he's, he's kind of transitioned. He, he typically to power does. Forward. Yeah, so I don't know how like laterally great uh, Mobley is, where he can because the way Kevin Durant plays, he's he's very shifty. He's re- he's great with uh, ball handling and such. So how does Mobley counteract that? Obviously, I think if Kevin Durant Hear me plays, out. he's good, but. Hear me out, but you played zone defense. Okay. Hmm. I, I definitely think they're definitely strategically game playing for Kevin Durant alone. I think Kyrie shouldn't be too much of a problem. Obviously, he's going to have like 20-plus this game, but I don't think he's going to be too much of a problem there. He's not the X factor. I mean, who knows? Maybe he, he like still hates the Cavs and really wants that <laughs> revenge game. Yeah, it is in Brooklyn, so it's if it was in Ky- – Cleveland, that would be interesting. Get all those boos and oh yeah, and Kyrie, Kyrie becomes the villain. And... That would that would that would be a pretty cool. Yeah, that it. Oh yeah, you know what? You're right because uh, Brooklyn managed to get the seventh seed and Cleveland fell to the eighth. So it right. is in uh, Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So it, let's break down our next game uh, tomorrow. So it's Clippers and Timberwolves. That's a close one. He's been he's been uh, lighting it up in the NBA. You got the Timberwolves. I think no everyone's pretty surprised. They've kind of garnered their own culture, the gritty gritty culture in Minnesota. Obviously, they've kind of changed the perspective on Carl Anthony Towns. Everyone thought that every, like every season, you know, Cat was like a very soft player, but I think getting a guy like Patrick Beverly, he has a little bit of that Jimmy Butler spark in him, where he kind of ignites the fire under all his players, having guys like Anthony Edwards, D'Lo. It's a great mix of players in that team. So it's it's going to be tough. Clippers have somehow stuck it in the West. The West, I definitely think, is weaker than the East this season. And I think this team, this game could go 50-50 either way. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, It's a tough one to bet, but I do love Paul George. And I'm not going to bet against Paul George. And I think, is Norman Powell back? If Norman Powell is also back, I'm definitely not betting against that duo <laughs> right there. Because um, I think Norman Powell is one of the best off-ball players in the league. So if he's back, you know, I don't know if the Timberwolves can handle that. Especially he, with a guy like Paul George, you know? He, he's back. and uh, Luke, I mean, the right? Wolves, they got Jared Vanderbilt and uh, Towns and Beverly. I think they can handle that defensively. I know I said Towns defensively, but he's been kind of good. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Wolves games, and he's no. he's different. He's improved. No, no I so... tune in every now and then because I had a – sorry. No, I right. tune in every uh, now and then just because I, I, I really do like D'Lo as a player. So if I watch the Wolves, that's what I'm watching for. But, I, like, I don't know. Paul George, had, like, has had, like, my attention since he was a pacer. I am not gonna root against Paul George. I have to take the Clippers. I just have to. I love. I love that. Pa- I love that man, Paul George. His game is so smooth. And there's only gonna be two options. He's not gonna have uh, what's it called an average game. He's either gonna go crazy this in this, or he's gonna it's gonna be a bust. He's gonna have an awful one. 
And again, I love Paul George too much to say he's gonna he's gonna have a bad game. So I'm gonna go Paul George. Might just drop forty on him. Ooh, that's a good hot take. 40, 40 bomb for Paul George tomorrow. Yeah, maybe. So, uh, hoops data. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, y'all have summed it up really well. Because on one hand, you've got a Wolves team that plays great defense. Uh, they make shots, and like they have people who make shots. But then there's also Paul George, and Paul George has been really good since like coming back from injury. And I know like the Clippers have gone up, like they've went up a bunch of spots after Paul George came back from injury, and so he's been on a mission. And you know, last year this is the same Clippers team that last year beat the Jazz. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a close one. Well, so, we got the uh, playing games on Wednesday, I believe, right? Yeah. So I just want to say real quick, right now the Clippers uh, are winning this uh, the series right now, 3-1. So between the Clippers and Timberwolves this season. So that's my guy Paul George. And and it's what? in it's in Minnesota. Big uh big note there. It's in Minnesota, not LA. Yes, so, you're right. So all the bandwagons that. from Los Angeles can't go to the Clippers game. <laughs> <laughs> so Wednesday we have Hornets Hawks. I, I'm a big Hawks fan, and I, it's going to be tough because I definitely am not happy about this matchup. They definitely stack up. They match up very well with us. John Collins is uncertain if he's going to play uh, tomorrow, and it's going to be rough because they're, they're a great team all around. They have playmakers like LaMelo, Miles Bridges, and it's, it's going to be interesting. What do you guys think? From an unbiased source. All right, Hoops, I'll let you go first on this one. Ooh. I have watched a little bit of Hawks recently, and I am really, really impressed by that team. But at the same time, I have not watched the Hornets play since the, the year when I said they're a good team to watch. But uh, the Hawks, like, they, they've got it going really good with Clint Capella and Herder and Trey Young. Uh, this is this is a really good team. This is the same team that beat the 76ers last year and made them self-implode. So, and so like, with that regards, I can imagine it being a blow, blowout win for the Hawks. But at the same time, I know the Hornets have had decent defense. Uh, LaMelo has been really good. So, honestly, I don't know. What does Vegas say? Because I'm going to just agree with them. Let me look it up. FanDuel. <laughs> Are you looking up the uh, Vegas odds? Yes, I can choose my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> which, which money line to pick? Exactly. You know, Vegas doesn't play around with their money. So, if they say it, they might be right. <laughs> yep, that's yeah. exactly how I'm thinking about it. Oh, okay, right. okay. They got, they got it at 50-50. Uh, they have Ooh. Charlotte. Yeah, they they have Charlotte by like one by one point. Huh. Hmm. So right now I'm looking at the NBA injury report. The Hawks have not issued an update on Collins ahead of Wednesday's playing matchup. So all right, heads or tails? Not... I'm thinking heads. heads. Heads is Hawks. Okay, let's go. Okay, we hit heads. I flipped my coin. It's heads. Okay, then it looks like the Hawks. Because I think this is going to be a pretty close one, too. I do have the Hawks edging out a little bit. And not for any, like, reason, like, matchup-wise, but because, cause, like, when you're looking at this team, right, you you got guys like uh, LaMelo, um, Miles Bridges, Gordon Hayward. You have so many options with, uh, what's it called, right? The um, 
the Hawks, and I think them or not the Hornets, which makes them such an interesting team. And oh, by the way, I don't know if you guys know this. Terry Rozier is super underrated. Like he, that man is really good. He is. Yeah, no one, really... no one talks about him. No, he they embarrassed. Don't. He embarrassed himself in Boston, and then he just got that like legacy to stick with him. Same thing with it's like the exact same thing with Siakam. Siakam no, no, but uh, what's it called? Um, keep in mind though, like Scary Terry did show up in the playoffs. Who is he? Who is he like taunting? Eric Bledsoe. It was Bledsoe. Yeah. He was like making <laughs> yeah. fun of Bledsoe, and, and he cooked him. That was crazy. Um. But yeah, the reason I have the Hawks is because this is the first time Lamelo Bridges, you know, um, PJ Washington, a lot of guys on the Hawks. This is their first time in like a real pressure or uh, on the Hornets. Yeah. Yes, on the Hornets. This is the first time in like a real pressure situation. You know what I mean? Lamelo hasn't been here before. Bridges hasn't been here before, and those are like the guys that make up their roster. Rozier has been here before, and I think Gordon Hayward made the playoffs once or twice. Um, he's been he's been a bunch of time with the Jazz and the Celtics. Yeah, because I know he was injured with the Jazz their first run, and then he was a little un- he underperformed in their second run. Or not just uh with the Celtics. Yeah, but with the Hawks, like this is the whole lineup. They've been to the playoffs. They've been the villains, and you know they've come on top. And so I think that for that reason alone, as long as Clint Capella is injured too, just because he's the only real center on either team. Um, I think you know, when you put that all into perspective, I think I gotta give it to the Hawks. Wait, Capella's injured? No, Capella's back. I think. Yeah, yeah I Capella... mean, I watched. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Since Capella's like the only real center on both teams, you know, like I gotta oh, give gotcha. it to the Hawks. Okay. Yeah. So gotcha. I, I, no one's made this note yet. Isaiah Thomas is averaging eight point three points for the Hornets right now. You think we see a little spark under him because he's back in the playoffs, technically? No. <laughs> I, I hope games. so, man. I hope so. <laughs> oh, man. That that uh, that uh, Isaiah Thomas season, that was a legendary season. Yeah, it was insane. So, so right now, picks. Hawks. Hawks or Hornets? I got I the think, Hawks. I got the Hawks. I think we all got the Hawks after uh, George Washington landed. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, so next we the final play in tournament game, and I think this might a lot of people are, are like hating on this game because they're like, who cares? They're gonna get swept, but like I really think this this is gonna be a great game, and whoever they whoever wins this game will give the Suns a little bit of a run for their money. Spurs Pelicans. Spurs, uh, tough one. Yeah, it is tough because um. These two teams do pre- match up pretty well. You got like these young, like a uh, group of faster guys in the Spurs, you know, and a lot of good defenders on the Spurs too. But then with the Pelicans, you have not one but two insanely good shot creators, and Jonas Valanciunas who can dominate any center he plays against, you know. Yeah. So it's a tough matchup. They just have the the Spurs just have so many just all rounded players that just average like. Nine to twelve points per game. That'll just like someone will go off for like fifteen to eighteen to twenty points one day, and then cool off for like five the next. So they're the, that yeah. they're a team that just kind of stuck it in the ground and battled this whole season. So it really could be tough here. I heard Zion's coming yeah. back. You, you think he comes back? I I don't know because like it's gonna be tough if he comes back. Imagine just like 
all the shockwaves in the NBA just if he came back. <laughs> I hope he doesn't come back just so we do get him fully recovered. But I think I'm going to take the Pelicans on this one. And I'm very prepared to be wrong. I've already accepted that. But I'm going to take the Pelicans (laughs) because I don't think the Spurs truly have the defense to uh, stop shot creators like uh, McCollum and Ingram. And we know McCollum performs big in the playoffs. Like He's probably one of the better risers in the entire league. I don't know if, if you guys have paid attention. Back when he was on the on the Trailblazers, dude would go from like a like just you know a borderline all star, barely an all star, yeah, never even made an all star game, and he'd look right. like a superstar in the playoffs. And if he can do that for um the Pelicans, who have improved greatly because of his shooting and shot creation, mm-hmm. I think that I think the Pelicans are gonna take it. Like CJ McCollum is that guy for a, a team like this, you know? You don't uh, think the and- Spurs throw some doubles at him and take it away from him? I mean, then you got to worry about guys like Ingram, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what I'm saying is I feel like the Spurs with being coached by Greg Popovich and um, being that it's the, just a one game, like if you lose, you lose. I feel like the Spurs mm-hmm. are going to throw the Pelicans something they don't expect. They're like I 100% guarantee uh, McCollum and Ingram are not going to be able to – to dribble and they're gonna have to pass it every single time they get the ball. Yeah, that's a fair pick. Um, I'm trying to think of the rest of the Pelicans roster. I don't really follow that team. Kind they of have Devontae they have. Graham. They have Devonte Graham. They have uh, Herbert Jones. He's kind of just came out of the shadows. He was a. Uh... Mm-hmm. Jose Alvarado. I know he's gotten a little bit of a hype this season. Yeah, um, he's been playing great for an undrafted guy. Oh, there's always one. There's always one undrafted guy that shows out, you know? And right, exactly. That's they have him. Uh, Jackson Hayes. He, he's been playing power forward, and he's been shooting decently well as a power forward, like from the three and everything. Like, huh. right this, now, is, this is a tough matchup. I, I'll agree. This is – I don't I don't yeah. know. I don't I, – I can never say a matchup like <laughs> this is boring, even if these teams are, like, a little under the radar because right. – like two teams that are so near each other in terms of talent and uh, like what they've achieved, they're always going to give you a good battle in a game like right. this, you know? Exactly. So it's not boring. It's just tough to decide because I haven't really watched the Spurs and I haven't really watched the Pelicans. But yeah, just if like, I were to bet, I'm going to bet on McCollum. If if I were to bet, whatever like Vegas predicts like the the total score to be, I'm picking the under. I just feel like it's going to be a really gritty game. A lot of lot of missed shots here because. Valentinus is a great center, but people are sleeping on Jakob Pernil. He's a great yes. rebounder, and he's he's a great shot blocker as well. So, oh yeah, yeah, Pernil is Pernil. that guy. I think this the the Spurs have their center of the future with that with uh, Pernil. Pernil is Gobert, but better. <laughs> Pernil is Gobert, but making Hot. thirty million less. Hot yeah, takes better. Or is that just a regular take? This is a amazing take. <laughs> So we've just breaking down uh, all of the play in tournament games. What are some of your uh, matchup, your playoff matchups that you guys are looking forward to this in the 2022 NBA playoffs? Bro, I cannot wait for the Raptors versus 76ers series. Oh, me too. As a Raps fan, let me tell you guys. Okay, so I I'm a Raptors fan, and oh, yeah. I do want to be unbiased. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, as a Raptors fan, how do you feel overall this season? 
And uh, what do you what are you, what are your expectations facing the Sixers? Okay, okay. So overall in the season, I remember um, a friend of mine was messaging. He's like, "Yo, how do you feel like the Raptors might no longer be like a playoff team?" And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> you know, we're still we're still gonna we're we're, we're gonna make the play in or something, you know." I, yeah. I can feel it, yo. We're not that bad. Um, would you look at that? We're the fifth seed, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, just, I'm really happy w- with this. Oh, sorry. Uh, add, sorry, hoops. I just want to add the Raptors have had the second best record in the NBA over like the last fifty something games. Wow, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, we started off pretty bad. Siakam was out. Um, we didn't really have the roster figured out or the rotation figured out. But I think over time. Like it kind of it kind of sucks because we're kind of running like a playoff rotation in the regular season, and our, a lot of guys are playing like thirty plus minutes, like a lot of them, you know. And yeah. and overall, our roster is a little weird because we don't really have that many great shooters, but we do, we have such a such a gross defensive uh, team. You know what I mean? Like I'd hate to be yeah. the guy trying to score on this team. And um, I think overall for the season, I'm really happy. Siakam has blossomed. You know, he's making a lot more shots that he, he uh, would miss. He's taking shots that he wouldn't normally take, you know. Like, when you everyone talks about him having, like, the spin move. The thing was, before, it felt like all he would do was spin and miss the layup. You know what I mean? That's but what now, Randall is. Yeah, exactly. Now, he, he, he's got, like, a floater game. He could throw up, like, hook shots. You know, um, he could, he could stop for a mid-range to stop and pop that. And he's been way more efficient at those kind of shots than I think um, that anyone would have expected. He's been better than I expected. Um, and I'm really happy I bought his jersey a couple years ago because now it's justified, you know? Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, in terms of Fred Van Vliet, sorry, uh, Fred Van Vliet's like damn near an all-defensive guard. Gary Trent Jr. is uh, – he, he sort of exploded. Scotty Barnes is great. Uh, I'm happy Chris Boucher's found his own. I'm, I'm just it's it's a really nice roster, you know. Like like it's a lot of guys. Yeah, definitely. I don't want to say they play hard because you know if you say they play hard, that means there's something wrong with them. But it's a lot of guys <laughs> who know their role and, and they're gritty. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. Like they'll outmatch you no matter who you are. Like they'll 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 go step right up to you and they'll say I can take this guy on. You know that's that's the thing I'm really happy with this roster. But I'll let uh, hoops talk about the playoffs. And then I think I'll throw my opinion in there. I just want to say before Hoops jumps in here, I just want to say, knowing that we all were OKC Thunder fans at one point, Houston, would you make the comparison that the 2022 Raptors are kind of like that Grizzlies team the Thunder faced in the playoffs that one year that took them to Game 7? It was like a, it was a really gritty team. Like oh, yeah, the grinded out Grizzlies. No, yeah, that's that's a really good comparison. Um. I mean, obviously, we don't have a Mark Gasol, but, like, in terms of just hunting you down defensively and making yeah. you work for every bucket, that's the Raptors. Yeah, I yeah. definitely could see that comparison. Yeah, no, I really like that comparison. And Mike Conley and Fred Van Vliet both kind of have, like, that. I mean, Mike Conley, they, they do have different play styles, but, like, yeah. in terms of what they do on the court, it's very similar. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. Um, honestly... I don't know. I feel conflicted about that because on one end, I, I'm a big Daryl Morey fan. I'm a big James Harden fan. And I would, I would hate for them to lose, but I feel like my gut instinct is saying major upset is incoming because the Raptors' defense is um, out of this world. And and um, 
I'm trying to remember the game. Yeah, it was versus the Hawks. And by the way, the Hawks have the highest offensive rating in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Versus the Hawks, it was when uh, Fred, Van, Fred Van Vliet would take up Trey Young man-to-man. And then um, t- and then Siakam would be at the top of the like zone defense. And like that made it impossible for the – what's your name? For the Hawks to literally do anything. Like the Hawks just could not get a bucket to save their life. And so, and that's like kind of before the season was wrapping up. So, like, the Hawks were in those must win games. Like, you were seeing the Hawks play at their best. But even with that being said, uh, they still struggled against the Raptors defense. And this is something that I think is going to trouble Philadelphia a lot because they've got the defense going. If they can get a few sh- good shooting nights and, um, Harden and B, they they self implode. I don't really trust Doc Rivers. I think Doc Rivers has not shown that he's a good leader to go through those like stressful moments in the series. I feel like there could be something where it's an upset, like a major upset. And then I just want to go off a little bit, continue talking. I know I talk where I should be talking. Um, what's now you're name? good. Siakam. I was, I'm working on a post right now. Well, I was working on a post. I'm going to work on it after. And I was, like, looking into Siakam, like, every single shot Siakam's taken this season. And um, I am concerned about Siakam's shooting because he's walled off where you can, like, if you're looking at his shot clock, you can see a point where he's just, like, where he gets walled off and he just starts chucking, uh, chucking up his spinning floaters and layups. Yeah. And he shoots... <laughs> And he shoots them at 40%, so that's not a good shot. Yeah, no, I definitely think it's it's going to not have Matisse Thibel be able to travel with them to Toronto because he would probably be all over the board, <coughs> whether that is switching on to Van Vliet, Gary Trent, Scotty Barnes even, maybe uh, also OG Anubi. So mm-hmm. ha- losing a guy like that, you're definitely going to see they are a little bit weak in the forward position. I mean, they have Tobias Harris, but he hasn't really stood out after the Harden trade. So they, they had the names in Philly, but I don't think they had the, the right player. The right the system is there, but like I don't know. It's it, they they seem like frauds to me. I actually my hot take is that the Sixers are gonna do better without Thibel. Because Thibel can't do anything on offense. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what the Raptors, what that does for the Raptors is give them another body to throw at Embiid or Harden. And, like, in terms of scoring, everyone on the Raptors can get you, like, a good 15. You know what I mean? So, right. as much as Fiebel can stop one person, he, I don't know if he's really going to be able to lock down this whole team. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if yeah. his defense he, makes the difference. He's not, like, he's not like yeah. a generational defender. He's a, he's a good enough defender to, like, give he's a generational. He's a generational defender. But he's not a you center, think? so he's not gonna. Yeah, okay, yeah, so. that's fair. Like, because if if you switch him onto a guy like Gary Trent Jr. and then Gary Trent Jr. doesn't get the ball, you know, like you, you kind of play out Matisse Thybul and with mm-hmm. and um, like I said, would you rather have Matisse Thybul's defense, but like um, Nick Nurse gets to throw Precious Achua and Chris Boucher at Embiid, or would you rather just have like you know um someone else there? And you get a bit more balanced offense, but you uh, sacrificed a little bit of defense. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's no, a major fact. And, and for me, because I'm telling you this as a Raptors fan, I'd rather have more offense to use against the Raptors. Because the Raptors would go on like 
it happens a lot of times where they'll just go on stretches of where they can't score, even without the greatest defense. So uh-huh. if I'm Philly, I think the losing of Matisse Thibel might actually be a benefit. But um, the biggest thing in this series is it's not going to be Matisse Thibel. It's not going to be Embiid. It's going to be that no matter what happens, Nick Nurse is going to coach laps around Doc Rivers. <laughs> and, yes. And that's what it's going to come down to because the moment Embiid comes off or if Harding comes off and Rivers runs all bench lineups, like it's it, that's going to eat away at the Sixers a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we know he runs those all bench lineups in the playoffs too. That's what he was doing against the Hawks last year. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't really want to say that the Raptors are going to win because it's so hard to bet on a talent like Embiid and Harden. Yeah. I do know it's going to be a tough win for whoever comes out on this. You know what I mean? It, it's going to come down to a 6-7, game 6 Oh, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. as much as I want to bet on um us just, just battling out with the Sixers, <coughs> I'm, like, Embiid is destined for, like, a 45-15 and te- 15 game, you know? Yeah. Against I, I a team you... with no real centers. Yeah. You know what? I... Now that you bring it up with James Harden and uh, Doc Rivers – I think I'm happy with the 76ers losing. I just needed to think it over. Because the 76ers losing would probably mean Doc Rivers is out of the NBA for good. He's been just, I don't know. I don't like him. I feel like he's been just, he's been like going off with the other Celtics guys, just milking that 2008 championship. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, like, what is he? He has the most blown 3-1 leads in like league history for a coach, right? Oh, he invented it? it and then did it twice. Because <laughs> he did it. Okay, hold up. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, he yeah. did it with the magic all the way back then, before like a lot with Tracy McGrady, I think. Then he yes. did it with the uh, Clippers against against James Harden. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and oh my God, that was like catastrophic. Like that was that was the Mona Lisa of blowing a three-one lead. You know what I mean? That was. Yeah. Incredible! You could not recreate that. They were up like thirty in Game Six and lost to Corey Brewer and Josh Smith. I don't even believe that, you know. And then he did it a third time with the Clippers again, but with an entirely different Clippers team. And you know, like man, he's such an unreliable coach. He's been, he's just like a lot of the stuff he says in the media too is not what I want my coach to say. You know, exactly. Do you see the Do you see the thing you just said like today? Like I think Paul Reed, it might have been where. Paul Reed had, like, because obviously they were playing meaningless games, like, in, like, the last couple of games here because the season was pretty much set. But uh, Paul Reed, I think, had, like, a career high. Um, here, give me a second. I'm going to bring it up. I think he had 40 points. I know what you're talking about. B-ball, yeah, Paul. Yeah, he, he had, like, he had, uh, he had 25, 6, and 2. And mm-hmm. everyone was – I think a lot of Sixers fans are, like, hat hype about him because they're like, thank God he played they, uh, because um, uh, Jordan's not playing, DJ's not playing. And, like, maybe he can be the backup big we needed in the playoffs. And then uh, Doc Rivers goes in the press conference and says, this isn't the Paul Reed uh, Sixers or whatever. This is the – we're trying to win a championship over here. And, like, and then he put down every Sixers to fan with that statement. But I definitely think the way I see it is, the Sixers are going to win probably, like, let's just say because the first two games are going to be in Philly. They're, Joel's going to be hyped. They might – I think they, they'll win the, for game one by, like, a big margin. It's going to be 20-plus win here, and everyone's going to be like, wow, Sixers are big contenders. They're, they're, uh, that's right, yeah. 
And then game two happens, get them the next two in uh, Toronto. Those are going to be really tough for them. And we'll see the true Philadelphia Sixers in those. I agree. I, I, I like that take. I like that uh, game one prediction. I can totally see that happening. Um, it, Game one's definitely like the game where like MB's going to drop like 40. Hard is going to mm-hmm. be dropping 30. They'll, everyone's going to oh, my God, this chemistry is insane. They're ready. Yeah. The teammate Harden's needed this whole time. Sixers and four, all that, you know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, one thing I, I want to say – oh, sorry. One thing I want to say, though, is if DeAndre Jordan gets 15 minutes a game, the Raptors are going to win. Absolutely. <laughs> that is inexcusable. Yeah. If Doc Rivers says he's trying to win, win a championship and then plays DeAndre Jordan for 15 minutes – then either he's lying about wanting to win a championship or he doesn't know how to do it. Or yeah. he's getting blackmailed. It has to be. Who, like, who's, who's like, sex tape does DeAndre Jordan have that he keeps <laughs> getting minutes? Like, no offense, but you're an old yeah. defensive center, right? Like, you're, yeah, you're, like, you're, like, you're, like, you're, like, Tyson Chandler, you know? But was, you're so old that you're not even... Capella. Yeah, exactly. But you're so old that you're not even a good defender anymore. And... Mm-hmm. You, you can't really do anything on offense. Yeah. What are you there for? You know, like, DJ, <laughs> you got your money. It's time to retire. It's time to hang it up. 100%. So, my, I just want us to go real quick. So my, my playoff series that I'm looking forward to, and I've been a big hater of them this season. I'm, I do not like the Nuggets-Warriors matchup, and I kind of have the hot, hottest take of the season, Nuggets in five. In five. In five. I think, five. I think I'm, I'm, I'm a big hater of the Warriors this season. People are thinking, oh, yeah, Curry's coming back. It's so they're, it's going to be a walk in the park. No Joe Malmurray. No Michael Porter Jr. The Nuggets have still had a record of 48 and 34. And I just, I just think they have the team right now where, like, they have the gritty players like Facundo Compazzo and and uh, Aaron Gordon, they have the gritty play. They have the shooters, Nikola Jokic. They have Austin Rivers. Bones Highland has c- come out, and he looks like he's going to be one of the – he's going to be a really great six-man. He could definitely get some starter minutes. He's going to take on that Lou Williams role, and I think he will definitely be a big impact on this team. Warriors, like, I just don't know, like, what is their big focal point? They have Clay, They have Draymond back. But, like, I just don't see them actually making so much noise. They, Clay's gonna be great. Obviously, I think he's gonna have like a couple twenty point games within the series. Steph's gonna be Steph, obviously, but I just don't see them getting making it out. Nuggets, I just feel like the Demarcus Cousins has been uh, exceptional for this team, and he's he's kind of got taken like a humbled role because like they have him kind of off the bench and like he's getting minutes here and there, but like he's embraced that role, and I think this is kind of a revenge game, revenge series to be in fact for them. So, Be there, I, li- I like changes I, you. I, I like Denver Nuggets. Um, uh, in five is an insane take. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it's it's um, a hot, it's hottest take yet. However, I mean, I oh sorry, I, I'm just gonna say this. Regardless of what happens, Jokic yeah. is gonna absolutely abuse Kevon Looney, dude. Yeah. <laughs> He might average forty and twenty this series. Even if the even if the Nuggets lose, Jokic is gonna put on something generational, something yeah, something unbelievable. That's what yeah. we're gonna see. It's 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 like it's. I just feel like Jokic has he's able to just control the game with so much like with so little because like he's not he's not gonna do, like 
Uh, he's not like a flashy player by any means, but he'll he'll wear down the other team just by how his play style is. You know, chewing down the clock just in the post and then kicking it out for someone to just pull up from the three, taking the ball up as a center, which is insane. Just like cat, and he does it so much too. So I just feel like this team is surrounded by Jokic, but it's also so well built. They have a great coach in Coach Malone. So I really like the Denver Nuggets here. <laughs> Uh, hoops, anything to say? I don't know. I mean, I, I want to say the Warriors are going to win, but you guys have um, made me rethink that. I mean, I think the Warriors are still going to win because outside Jokic is Will Barton, that guy. You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, that's the thing. Like, I all I, all I know for sure is Jokic is going to put on a performance, but it's – it's like so hard to bet against a team like the Warriors and and, and uh, what's it called streetcar. Just know, no matter how much of a Warriors hater you think you are, I I've I hated the Warriors way more than you <laughs> back when they were in their prime. I despised yeah. them. I I woke up, I'd see like them post a highlight. The first thing I look for would be like a Draymond Green moving screen of like fake highlight. <laughs> Steph Curry isn't a good scorer. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I despised so. the Warriors. I had yeah. me foaming at the mouth. So like, any chance to see them lose would be hilarious. Um, Were you even though I'm like, I retired from uh, my uh, Warriors hater lifestyle. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. I, I want to like I I just can't bet against them. Jordan Poole's really good. You know, I like Andrew Wiggins, even though he's not that great. Steph Curry, Steph Curry, Draymond Green is is you know he's such a great defender. And Nuggets just who who's gonna score, man? Like. Who knows? Maybe Bones Highland really comes up, but it's so hard to show like for rookies to really perform in the playoffs. Besides Tyler Harrow, when was the last time we saw a rookie go crazy? Mm, that's true. I mean, the, who, oh, Donovan like, Mitchell. Oh right, yeah. But like, who's guarding Jokic though? He he might put up Will Chamberlain numbers, but like the problem yeah. was Will Chamberlain was a loser too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I just I just it's gonna be tough because Andrew Wiggins. I feel like deep down inside. No matter what, Andrew Wiggins is not going to have like a Kobe esque series. They just take the ball in his own hands, and be like, Clay, you know, chill on the chill in the corner. I, I'm taking the ball up, and I'm going to be dropping thirty here and thirty there. Like, it's going to take it's going to take a whole team to beat the Nuggets here. And mm-hmm. I just don't think right now the current roster they have, where they might bring Curry a little too early here with his injury, to just because they think like we have. Curry and Clay, and mm-hmm. we'll we'll be able to make it out of the uh, this Nugget series easily enough so that we can sit Curry a little bit, waiting for our next matchup. So it's going to be tough because whoever wins that game is going to be taking on the Grizzlies or the winner of the Clippers uh, mm-hmm. Wolves game. So either way, I think that matchup is going to be interesting, but it, it's going to be it's going to be a long run for the Warriors. It's not going to be easy by any means. People, yeah. I know a lot of people, especially Bleacher Report, ESPN, they're all like, oh, Cur- just wait till that Curry post comes out saying he's back. Everywhere you see, it's going to be. Curry's it's going to happen. Oh, my God. I'm telling Warriors you, I was fire. a Warriors. I was a Warriors <laughs> hater. I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, by the way, Salem, what were you going to say? Uh, or, or hoops, I mean. Uh, were you cheering when Durant uh, ruptured his Achilles? <laughs> no, no, I was, I was, I was never that bad. I was never that bad. I, I like retired by then because the Warriors. Uh, I was like, ah, Warriors, thing. The Drake, I was, the Drake meme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, don't worry. I was. Uh, what's it called? When Durant tore his Achilles, I felt bad. You know, because 
Because do you know how amazing it would have been if we could have been the Durant Warriors? Like, oh my god, I would have been, I would have went crazy. But he tore his Achilles, and I hate that the fact that there were people who cheered. I understand, like, I, I don't, I don't know how to put this. Like, it's not like I despise these people and think they're like evil or something. But I hate yeah. that it happened, you know. It's understandable because, like, it's in the heat of the moment. You're like, yeah. let's go. The the be- their best series. I think we had a better shot of mm-hmm. winning this thing. And like, obviously, okay. for like, okay. organized, like let's like, not lie. We all cheer when the other team's best player is injured. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, I will agree. Not even like cheer. We all have that sigh of relief, like phew, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Good thing he's hurt. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it's like, ooh, we don't have to deal with him, you know? Yeah, exactly. Especially if they, like, let's just say our favorite team's, like, up 10, and then this guy comes back into the lineup and drop, like, he's bringing that that deficit closer and closer and closer. So, uh, Hoops, who's your uh, playoff uh, series? <coughs> um, wait, can you repeat that? I was caught. I was dying. Yeah. Yeah, no, no worries. So, Hoops, uh, who's your playoff series to watch? We're going to be first round, or if you're assuming one team's – two teams are going to make it to the next round, you can say that one. Okay, I know I said I think the Cavs beat the Nets, but let's for a second say the Nets beat the Cavs. Nets versus Celtics is like an Eastern Conference Finals-worthy uh, series, except it's going to happen in the first round. Ooh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Ah, oh, I really like – I really like – I'm a, okay. I'm not a huge fan of the Celtics because I actually don't like the Celtics, but I also really yeah. like the Celtics at the same time. Like, like Tatum is so play- good. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But like, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, like, oh man, that's that's a, that sounds like a really good series. The Celtics have been the best defensive team in the league, and you but got a guy missing, like, but they're missing Robert Williams. Is he? I know. What's yeah. his Timetable looking like? Is he still like out? He's out for the playoffs. He's out for the playoffs. Oh, he wow. had like a torn meniscus, I think. Oh, wasn't it out for the first two rounds? And then questionable if he comes back? Maybe, but, like, you know, that's if they make it out the first two rounds. Yeah. I don't think he's going to do a surgery. Mm -hmm. I hope so, because... Okay, hot take. I had Robert Williams as the defensive player of the year this year. I don't think he has enough... I mean, numbers-wise, impact-wise, he's up there. He's probably number two, like, statistically, but... Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think he has the recognition. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, but like I like I mean, he is the anchor to the best defense in the league, and it's so hard to root against a big yeah. man who can do, like do everything he can. Like what Robert Williams is doing for the Celtics is like what Gobert would have been doing for the Jazz if they had good perimeter defenders. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I I really I really like what Robert Williams was doing. It's so fun to watch, like, you know, one of those young guys with, like, pogo stick type hops who can just block shot after shot. You know, mm-hmm. I had him as my defensive player of the year. And even if he's injured, I mean, Jason Tatum's a good defender. J- Jalen Brown's a good defender. Marcus Smart's all NBA, it's all defensive team, without a doubt. Um, oh, Thick, uh, Thice, I'm going to interrupt Thice? you real quick. I'm yeah? going to interrupt you real quick. Uh, talking about, like, uh, what's his name? Robert Williams being defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. If, I, I feel like it's going to be Marcus Smart. And, like, it's going to be Marcus Smart off the Thunder. St- like, it's going to be Marcus Smart stealing the Thunder of Robert Williams. Because everyone's going to look at the Celtics and be like, oh, that's the best defensive team. But then they're be like, oh, why are they the best defensive team? And they'll, like, look down the list and be like, 
<laughs> oh, that's why. Mark is smart. That's the yeah. name I know. Yeah, I could totally see that happening. In fact, I think I've seen a couple people on Twitter say Marcus Smart could win Defensive Player of the Year. I thought it was like Instagram comments or something. I don't know. But yeah, like, that's, that's how yeah. I got it. <clears throat> yeah, so Marcus Smart's a really good defender. Also, Thies and Al Horford. Uh, is it Thies? Thies? How do you pronounce his name? Tice, 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 yeah. Tice, Tice, okay, yeah. Tice, yeah, yeah. Um, Daniel Tice. Okay, yeah, Daniel Tice. Um, he's, sure he's serviceable. <laughs> I always yeah. thought he was a serviceable backup. Um, yeah, but, yeah if they hit him. I think Al Horford, oh, oh, I'll have to double check. I, I have a Celtics fan friend. I'll ask him what he thinks. Um, Grant Williams isn't bad. You know what I mean? Horford yeah. is, is solid. Like, they're still such a really good defensive team. Even though they're missing their keys, like their cornerstone, like it's so hard to bet against them. I honestly had them as the best team in the East before Robert Williams going down. So, um, I think it'll be a fantastic series, like you said. That's Eastern Conference Finals worthy, right, right. there. And um, but like that—that's going to be a fantastic series. If the Nets win against the Cavs, I, I'm I'm definitely going to tune into that series. Yeah, hundred percent. That's. That's that's mm-hmm. a series where like it's gonna be one for the eight. Like it's gonna be a legendary series. Like anything with Celtics, I've had like it typically is like pretty big. But like they haven't had mm-hmm. one where like people remembered it. This is gonna be like that. Like last I year, mean... I think some there were like some big ones, but like I think Hawks Knicks was a big playoff series. The Nets Celtics will be one of the big ones this year. There was um the net the Celtics Heat in the bubble, but there was also. When Tatum was a rookie, the Celtics Cavs and Tatum oh, that had that huge insane. dunk on LeBron. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, that that was a memorable series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely think lots of people are counting out the Celtics this year, but just because mm-hmm. like they no one really cares, really. They have Jalen yeah. Jason Tatum, they have Jalen Brown, like, but who cares? They everyone just thinks, okay, it's Giannis. Who's gonna beat Giannis? But they definitely are one of the teams up there that can definitely give them a run from their money. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Celtics are such a good team. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't I'm not anyone, betting against them. I don't think anyone could beat, beat the Bucks if the Bucks have like Brooke Lopez. Ooh, speaking of the Bucks, you know what's going to be a playoff series to watch if you're a Bucks fan? Bucks versus Chicago. Because what's yeah. going to happen is either Giannis averages 40 or you get a blowout <laughs> win in like the first two quarters. So oh, if you're yeah, a Bucks fan, if you're a Bucks fan and you want to have chill playoff basketball, that's your series to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, but I agree with your take. The Bucks oh, are still, like the Bucks oh are still God. the Bucks, you know. We yeah. are gonna get the the Grayson Allen Bulls rivalry. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you guys watched those games. No, but Vuce, Vucevic, yeah. uh, like in the last game, Vucevic hit hit uh, Grayson Allen mid air, and in the game before that, what was his name? Derek Jones Jr. with the Bulls also hit Grayson Allen mid air. So and then I, you know there was the Grayson Allen um, what's it called incident too. Yeah, he um, hit Caruso Alex Caruso. Him. Yeah. All oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. that's, that's so, a good thing to watch. Thing. I think I think the mid-air hits are going to continue, and someone's going to break a wrist again. Okay. <laughs> I definitely think it's weird because is Lonzo projected to come back or no? He, he's cool? done. He's done for the year. Wow. Oh, that's okay. such a shame. Yeah, because I feel like if they they could have definitely gone on a run here in the in the what in the East if Lonzo came back, but they're they've been kind of disappointing. I don't. No, think I'm a, that's gonna be a cool matchup to watch, but I I don't know if they can beat the Bucks. Do you guys think they, they have a shot? I think um, it's gonna be Bucks in either four or five. 
Like five 100%. if Giannis wants 100%. to rest. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I don't know, man. I like the Bulls. The Bulls have got a the Bulls have got a really good team. One thing they struggled with all year long that people don't understand that they struggled with is injuries. Like they never went. Oh yeah, week. I know, I know. There they was never, um... they never went one week with the same roster. Yikes! I mean, Alex Cruz has been out for a while. Lonzo Ball's been out. Um, what's his Derek, name? Patrick Derek. Patrick Williams has been out for almost the whole season. He's back though. Uh, Derek jo- yeah. Derek Williams uh, Derek Jones Jr. on and in, in and out. Uh, what's his name? Levine in and out. Mm-hmm. Vucevic in and out. Caruso. Yeah, yeah we mentioned. Yeah, in and out. Oh, yeah, sorry. and and you know what the you know what the craziest thing is? Most of those guys you're naming. Um, you know, Derek Jones Jr., Patrick Williams, Crusoe, Alonzo, they're so integral to the Bulls' defense. Exactly. You know? Oh. And it's it's the reason they've just fallen off. If, if the Bulls have been fully healthy, I think we all talk about them differently. But the way injuries have been, um, and, you know, like, historically speaking, like, it, it's a team without, a, without really great paint, paint defenders versus Giannis. You know what I mean? So... It's, it's, it's kind of tough to say that they, that they're even going to win. Like, I think the Bulls would have been much better if they were fully healthy for the whole year. But, you know, for that's sure. a what if. And we're talking about reality. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, next year, I'm betting on them. I don't care. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I I can't not bet on DeRozan. DeRozan is right. one of my favorite players. Mm-hmm. One thing I've seen, though, is uh, I think Bo- Levine is going to be a restricted free agent. And apparently he wants – he's going to be offered – like, he's going to be, like, valuable enough for the max. But is it the – do the Bulls want to pay him that? A long uh, time? I don't think he makes an all-NBA team. So, I think the Bulls are going to be safe. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, unfortunately for him because um, I think DeRozan takes his NBA all-NBA spot like this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. DeRozan, Steph, uh, Ja, that's three spots. And then uh, Middleton – I mean, I don't know. Would Milton be on it? Butler would. I don't know. Butler right. would go on as a forward. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're talking, because uh, Levine counts as a guard. If Levine counts as a guard, Steph, Luca, Trey, um, Ja, that's four spots. Then maybe Donovan Mitchell. That's five. Maybe you could squeeze. Did I say Steph? I'm thinking of all the guards. Um. Yeah, I. Th- uh, oh, Trey, I, I feel like Ja. Ja will be up there. Steph. Yeah, Jaw, Luca, Trey, Steph, Donovan Mitchell should, should definitely be. Oh, Booker or Chris Paul. Booker, yeah, Booker and Chris Booker. Paul. Done. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Levin, you're not getting a max. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately for him, well, you know, maybe better for the Bulls in the end. Okay, um, you know what I want to say? I want to say yeah. that I think the Grizzlies are either gonna fail spectacularly in the second round, or they're gonna make the they're gonna push the Western Conference Finals to the seven games. Because that team has been so well coached. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah definitely. And, but, but the thing is, they're also not really like – um, like I don't know I don't know if they're – like how serious they are come playoff times. They might pull a Atlanta-style Cinderella story. <laughs> I don't see them – even though they're the second seed, yeah. I, I just feel like not many people have them over the Suns or the Warriors. Because to me, the right. Suns are the best team in the league, like without a doubt. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, 100% um, easily. But like, man, those Grizzlies! Like, who wants to match up with them? They have everything. Yeah. They have the defense. They have the shooters. They have like, 
they do have some size with Steven Adams and, and JJJ. You know, they have the superstar and oh, what's it called? Yeah. They have the coaching. And yo, they are shit talkers. They are like I don't know if you if you heard that story with uh, Desmond Bain and LeBron, you no, know. I didn't. I didn't. Oh, yeah. So what would happen was I think it was earlier on in the season. Um, midway through, yeah. Yeah, midway through the season, it was a Grizzlies Lakers game, right? And yeah. Desmond Bain like hit an and one on LeBron or something, and he uh, or no, what I think happened was LeBron scored, and you know he does the whole LeBron stomp, you know, the shush, the shush the crowd. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then Desmond Bain like hits a pull up three or I don't know if it was and one so he he does something cool right and he tells nobody's scared of them little stomps old man and I'm like yo <laughs> wow I love this team like oh my god it, it's oh, like yeah, the yeah. young bulls talking crazy to like LeBron you know so right exactly. I think then, I think they're the team Le- to watch and then LeBron gets in his face mm-hmm. and so Bain gets back in his face and just. Tells him something like with his uh, mouth covered, like he covers his, he puts his hand on his mouth and tells LeBron something when LeBron gets in his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm guessing yeah, he said something that would have gotten them fined. But <laughs> oh man, they're, they're the team to watch. I'm telling you, young guys who, with like nothing to lose. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. And everything to win. Oh, they should. They've been exciting in the regular season. They've managed to win regardless of who's healthy. That if that's the one thing I want to say is to anyone listening to this, watch the Grizzlies in the playoffs. They're good. They are gonna do some cool. They're they're gonna do some cool. Even if they fail, they're gonna fail spectacularly. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Those are those are the scariest teams to watch. The teams that have literally mm-hmm. nothing to lose because their teams mm-hmm. are built with like lots of veterans here. Because they're wearing the the front office is wearing if they have a disappointing run, then they have to break mm-hmm. apart the team and stuff. The Grizzlies are literally just getting started, so. Yeah. Anything in that. They, like they have nothing to lose. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and I think that's about it. I got so, a quick question. What was y'all's yeah. favorite moment this season? I know you're trying to wrap it up. That's why I no, interrupted no, you're, you. You're good. Uh, my my favorite has to be. Here, you got you. Do you guys want to go first? I'll, I'll yes. From the logo, Shay Gilgis Alexander. Oh, that's a good moment to pick. Oh, I really like that's a really good idea. Um, I mean, a kind of recency bias, but uh, Siakam, uh, what's it called? Beating the Philadelphia 76ers by a home <laughs> fake it on and beat was really good, but also that Russell Westbrook three to send it to overtime. Oh, it was like it was against the Raptors, and I was like, yeah. hype, I was like, man, that's all I've wanted uh, this whole time. That was crazy, yeah, because this is all like... I wanted. Yeah, he, he bricked the first one hard, and then yeah. um. He ended up getting a steal off Scotty Barnes, pulled up right away and drilled it. And I'm like, this is the rust that I've loved for years. That's that guy. You know? That was one of my favorite moments. Um Yeah, I I, I say that might be my favorite moment. Paul George's return game. Paul George's return game was really good. He put up some numbers. So one of mine, this is gonna come out of nowhere, but one of my favorite ones was the Cameron Johnson carries the Suns. And hits the buzzer beater over the New York Knicks. That was, that's no, that's a good one. That's a good one. Because I remember in that game, like they didn't have. They didn't have but Cameron Johnson. I don't think they had Booker or yeah. Chris Paul. Yeah, yeah, and um, Booker or Cameron Johnson and Julius Randle got into it. They were kind of Randle, I think, got ejected, and then he the uh, the Knicks score with uh. 
with seconds left, Burks misses the second free throw. The Suns take it back to their side, and Cameron Johnson pulls up and nails the three, and it was crazy. Absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. Last one. I just remember this from early in the beginning of the season. Nikola yeah. Jokic absolutely tackling Markeith Morris. Oh, yeah. Hilarious. Oh, yeah. hilarious. Might be up there for one of the best moments of the season. That was that was crazy. I remember, like, I remember when uh, the Nuggets went to Miami later that season, like, Nicole's brothers came, and that was a big mm-hmm. like, Better watch out for the Jokic brothers. They might, they might come yeah. for you now, Markeith. <laughs> that was a crazy one. Yeah, so, I think that about wraps it up, right? Yeah. So thank you guys both for coming on. I it was it was a great episode. I've had, I had a lot of fun talking about. That I'm happy to be here, man. Yeah, and if you yeah. guys ever want to run it back in the middle of the playoffs or something, I'm totally down to do that if you guys are oh, Of course, you know, well. we can always look back on our takes, see who's wrong, see who's right. 100%. Definitely that Nuggets-Warriors game. That, that's going to be... I want you to be right on that so bad because it would be hilarious, you know? Like you it's called bad, it. It's bad for Curry's resume, and that's all I'm mm-hmm. looking for. So I would <laughs> definitely be hyped for that. Thank you guys once again, and... uh Make sure you guys can listen uh, to all the listeners. You guys can listen to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can search up on Google. So thank you guys for listening. Peace. Peace.